Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In today's episode of the Empire Builders podcast, I am joined by the amazing Fabienne Fredrickson. Fabienne is the founder of Bold Heart. She's the creator of the Bold Heart Business Program and author of The Leveraged Business. So Fabienne, thank you so much for joining us today. Good to see you again, Nick. I'm delighted to be here. Great, great to, great to see you uh, and connect with you again. Um, of course, for those that have been attending my events or following my work for any length of time, you'll know that Fabienne has spoken at, um, I think, two of our Expert Empires events now. Um, one, in fact, was it the last ever live? I yes, it, it was. was um, which we did in 2019 and then the global event that we did in uh, April 2021. So, um, And I'm sure those two won't be the last. Can't wait to get you back to the UK on stage at some point in the future. So um, listen, I mean, Fabienne, there's so many things that I want to ask you about today. Um, the first thing um, that, that I guess impresses me most about you, and there are a lot, is that you, you've not only built a seven-figure coaching, speaking, training business, but you've built a seven-figure business that's consistently maintained that level for and I want to make sure I get this right. I'm going to say like 10, 15 years. Yep. 13 years at multiple seven figures. That is insane. And so, and by the way, for somebody who has not been at that level for 13 years, like I'm here to learn as much as I am to facilitate this conversation for our listeners. So like how, what I want to know really is how have you managed to achieve that level of consistency? Because I think it's all well and good, you know, sprinting and being able to achieve success but sometimes it's short-lived you've managed to do it consistently multi-seven figures for 13 years straight how do you achieve that level of consistency okay so there are many answers but i will start with one that nobody talks about and nobody expects and it is the fact that there is in business a masculine energy because you know I love to talk about the masculine and the feminine, right? This masculine energy of go, 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 accumulate, let's crash this. And I'm all about that hustle. That being said, anything that works in nature needs the yin and the yang, the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And the feminine energy is of rest. It is of rejuvenation. It is of thinking time. It is of pure unplugging. And so where I see a lot of people uh, stop, Nick, in their, you know, rat race, I'll just call it that, is that they forget to take downtime. So I know this is not the answer that people are looking for. No, no, this is the answer I want because it's the answer that no one expects. And that's what I love so much about doing this podcast and speaking with amazing people like you is that often the answer isn't the obvious answer. If it was obvious, then everyone else would be at multi-seven figures for 13 years straight. I want the not obvious answer. Yeah. So this is this is brilliant. I love it. So so as you know, because the last time I was talking to you, I was I was spending a month in Paris, uh, in Provence. I live in Paris, and I'm about to in three days for another month. The key thing, and then we'll talk about team, and then we'll talk about systems, and we'll talk about all that jazz. But where most people burn out and give up is because they forget to fill the oil and back up. They forget to have, and you know, the, the guys are not going to call it, let me go into my feminine time. I mean, obviously I know that, but let me have some rest. Let me, and they wouldn't say what I'm about to say either. Let me focus on pleasure, <laughs> which is a feminine energy also. But if you can have, if you can stop working on evenings, if you can not work on weekends, if you can begin to take real unplugged vacations, uh, as we do, we take about 16 weeks of vacation, almost fully unplugged 
every single year, where most people take two to four. And during that time, you have time to rest, you have time to think, um, ideate, even if you're just sitting by the pool, you there is this level of openness so that when you get back in the grind in September or whatever, you're, you're not like, oh no, another launch, another this. It's like, okay, I've had my time and now I'm good to go. So pleasure, downtime, honoring the body, honoring uh, the fact that we are not human doings. We are also human beings. So that's the thing that most people never talk about. That They don't. And, and that's why I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast because you will give us answers that no one ever talks about. By the way, we've spoken about this before, but random question just for the listeners. How did you wind up in Paris? What's that all about? Uh, oh, uh, well, I guess it was asking myself, what is the highest quality of life that I could possibly have for myself, my husband, and our three children. And it's, it's, you know what it is? It's about never settling. And if I looked at the catalog of life experiences, and I got to say, so if you can have it all, Fabienne, whatever all means to you. And for somebody, it might be living in Bali uh, in a hut and fishing all day and uh, others it's skiing all day and just chasing the snow for us it's about high quality of life in France and uh, great food great vacations great wine and then we just decided why can't we have it all and we made my husband and I made a plan we gave ourselves 18 months when we were living in, in the east coast of the United States. And we, we just reverse engineered the plan. And, and it was our little hashtag. It was like, all roads lead to Paris. What do we need to do for our team? How do we get all the entire team online? How do we get our kids into international schools in Paris, all three of them? How do we uh, deal with our clients, getting them online. So we were, we've been on Zoom <laughs> way earlier than the rest of the world, you know, several hundred clients. And it was like, how good can we have it? And most, again, most people work, work, work to then enjoy themselves at the end of their lives. And we're not having that. We're doing that now and making money. I love it. When did you move to Paris? Five years ago, and actually to tell you, the, the craziest thing is last night, my 18-year-old just graduated from the toughest French high school, and it was a bit of an incredulous moment. Like, we did it. High five. We did it. Well, congratulations to, to you and your family. And, and what I love um, about everything you just said is it's just this, this mindset, this that anything's possible like uh, like straight up now um and by the way when you talk spoke about paris a minute ago i'm thinking if my wife listens to this episode she's going to want to move to paris you're going great vacations great wine i mean she definitely knows how to spend <laughs> i like her already <laughs> in the shops i'm like man this could, could go sideways but you know what's really interesting for, for me personally i'm like you know we, we've and, and the reason I asked how long you've been in Paris, I didn't actually know that. Um, so you, you'd already had, by my maths, you, you must have already had um, a multi-seven-figure business for like seven or eight years before then moving to Paris. And, and in my mind, I'm like, that, that is difficult. It's almost, it's almost easier to do it and then build from the ground up again. But when you're already, like my limiting thought would be if I chose to move to Paris or America or Australia or whatever, not that I'm planning to, but my thinking would be, well, I've got the team in situ here in the UK. I've got the client base in the UK. And like, so to move that would be challenging. Um, so how did you navigate that? Like, what okay, was so that was actually one of the, it's, I, nobody asked that question. Super smart question. Uh, that was one of our biggest things in reverse engineering our business. Um, we're like, okay, we've got 18 months. We've got all of our team. We are, we've got like a crazy, crazy office overlooking the ocean in Stamford, Connecticut. And we're in a five-year lease and it is crazy money. And we're thinking, oh my God, this is nuts. How are we doing this? How are we going to get 
a year's worth of in-person meetings four times a year with several hundred clients, like, like not just four times a year, but four times a year per, per group. So in coming to Paris, I would have had to gone back originally 16 weeks of the year. And, you know, I mean, what's the point of moving to Paris when you're on a flight to the U.S. with the um, I almost said hangover, layover. What do you call that? Jet lag. <laughs> it's kind of like a hangover. <laughs> um, it was about just strategizing. It's like, okay, what do we do? Do we do we put this meeting up against this meeting? And uh, what what's necessary? What's nice? What's neither? It, we had to draw a line in the sand of, you know, when you get together in person, of course, we're going to have a cocktail party. Of course, we're going to do all this. But then it's it's about and maybe some people wouldn't use this phrasing, but loving yourself enough to just set some boundaries. And what used to happen in person doesn't necessarily happen now. We've squished all the meetings. In fact, since I've last seen you, we've taken, we used to run events in, in Paris and in the US and we've merged them since we're now on Zoom. So the whole, I think the point of my answer is uh, do whatever it takes to put your needs First, even though I know how deeply selfish that sounds, I, I looked at it this way. I'm not moving back to the States. And if, if you want to work with me, just work with me. And that means we're going to do things in a certain time zone. And, uh, and if, if I can't have it, again, I know how arrogant that sounds, but I really don't mean it. If I can't have it my way, then I'm probably not going to offer my services anymore. So either we work together um on it being a win-win or or I'll just stop doing what I'm doing and that that would be a shame for the clients who wanted to work with me does that make sense it, it makes perfect sense and you know what it, it doesn't sound I don't like the word selfish because it doesn't sound selfish I think it's what people need to hear I think what people need to hear and I'm so pleased you've said it is that if you can't do business on your terms then what's the point in running a business in the first place if you're doing it on other people's terms, you might as well work for somebody else, quite frankly. So yeah. I think, I think you know, what, what you've done is amazing. What I love, what I took from what you just said is that you made the decision and then put a deadline on it and then ask yourselves how. Yes. Uh, how can we possibly, I don't know what you did. I don't need to know with getting out of the lease. I don't know what you did with the team and the clients and all the, the, the tactical. I don't need to know. But you put a deadline of 18 months and then you ask yourselves how and yep. then you created a strategy to to achieve it and i think that that's true of relocating as much as it is true of building your business to seven figures or you know in my world of course running like a major event a big project you draw a line in the sand you commit to it yep. and then you ask you, you decide what success looks like and then you work out how later yeah and i'll say this nick I'll say this, not everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. Okay. So how do you deal with people who are valuable to you who aren't happy from, I mean, I'll be honest, from the kids at first yeah. moving to France, like how, how, how do you make them happy? The in-laws, you know, <laughs> who say, why are you doing this to us? To the team members who prefer coming into the office versus those who are totally delighted to, to work from home and the clients. I mean, I just remember last June when we didn't know what was going on in the world, but we'd been, you know, working remotely for several months and it was working perfectly for, you know, all things um, withstanding. The, there are some people when we drew the line in the sand and we said we are now a 100% virtual company, the people who were like, this is breach of contract. This is not what I paid for. Who the hell do you think you are? And I really dug deep and thought, well, okay, so when that person, if we were to just change our mind and go back to doing meetings, even though their country had, uh, you know, uh, restrictions and ours did too, for the foreseeable future, we couldn't make it happen. If I chose her and all of their preferences versus mine, when they're done their, with their program in two to three years, they like they won't care about us. That's the nature of business. Of course, I keep friendships with our clients for for you know 12, 15 years, but some people will just turn your back on you and leave. And then you're still stuck 
trying to please somebody who's not even around. And, you know, having been, I've worked with tens of thousands of people at this point, you know, 21 years in business. I, I know that some people, and we love all of our clients, but some people will whine and then they'll leave anyway. So put your own needs first and then take care of making sure that as much as possible, you're, you're transitioning smoothly, that you are putting the needs of others, taking care of them as well. But after a while, it's, this, is the, this is the answer. This is what we're doing. This is our business. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I want people to do the same, our clients to do the same. Have high self-worth, know that you deserve more than other people think that you deserve, and go for your dreams unapologetically and with a bold heart. Love it. It's almost like you should name your company that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what's, what's amazing is that um, so many people are running a business in a way that doesn't make them happy. And I just believe that if you're not happy, long-term, no one else is going to be either. Like if you're miserable running your business, your clients are not going to be happy long-term, maybe in the short term, but not long-term. Same goes for your team. Um, same goes for anyone that you're, that you're working with. Um, by the way, this was absolutely not the direction I expected this discussion to go in, but that's, that's for me, that's the, the, the joy, the most fun of doing this is that, you know, the, the unexpected or the unpredictable journey that we go on in these discussions. Um, I want to ask you about, there are, um, in our, uh, our industry, our, our, our community, the Expert Empires community, um, we, we have more female clients, uh, more female attendees at our event than male. Um, you succeeded in a way that so many female speakers, coaches would aspire to replicate, but it's rare that female speakers, coaches achieve and sustain the success that you've had. So what, why do you think that is, first of all, and how do you think we can create more female success stories like you? I think it, the, the, we provide something that doesn't exist in the marketplace in the sense that we, it's, you ever heard of the, the, the clothing brand called FUBU? It's, yes. It stands for For Us, By Us. Yes. And what I'm, I, so again, 21 years, I've been in the hearts and minds and struggles of women entrepreneurs for so many years. And so after a while, you realize how people are wired collectively and you realize what they what they want and also what they need that they don't even know that they need. Yeah. So here's what I will share with you. The reason we do so well and that we're consistently and without having to market, you know, for the jugular or hitting people over the head with a two by four is we say, this is who you are in detail. And I can't tell you how many people have said, when I go to boldheart.com, I feel like you're speaking to me. Um, I'll give you an example. On the programs page of our website, we have a mini documentary. And it's nine minutes long. And basically, Nick, and I, 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 I would invite you to do the same for your own business. I flew in a, a, a video team from California to one of our last uh, leverage meetings. In fact, it was our last leverage meeting uh, on the East Coast of the US. And I said, you're here for five days, morning to night, morning to night. And I want you to just videotape what's going on in my room and with three different groups and then make a movie about it because I can't seem to um, put into words the fairy dust that we have. There's like this je ne sais quoi, X factor something. And when she gave me the movie back a few uh, weeks later, I was like, what? Like community? You think I'm going to sell programs with community? I didn't say it like that. I was like, this is beautiful, but can you throw in some testimonials about money or something in there? And what I got, when you, when you watch it, you know, boldheart.com forward slash programs, probably that, uh, in the middle of the page, you'll see in the movie that it's this 
place where women can actually be themselves and not try to be a man. Okay. The masculine has been rewarded for 5,000 years in all of our cultures where the feminine has been tolerated at best seen as an accessory. I love men. Believe me, uh, this is not like male bashing at all. Um, But we haven't had a place to be unapologetically feminine and powerful. So I'm an ambitious woman, but I'm very feminine in in my way, right? There's femininity looks uh, different uh, as there are different women. Um, But it's it's a place where, where if you can create a place for women where they can be powerful and ambitious, but they can have a place to cry and nobody's saying like, oh, what a sissy. But because we are expressive, we are passionate and we like collaboration and love and um, and non-judgment and compassion and nurturing and a place to talk things out. There's a joke, you know, where, uh, you know, it's not about the nail. Do you know that YouTube commercial video? You should look it up one day. But it's okay. like the guy's like, I just want to get to the fix. And she's like, no, I want to discuss everything. Well, we make fun of that. but. If you understand how a client, whether it's a woman or not, how a client is really wired and you give them what they want, the strategy, but you also give them what they can't get elsewhere, which is that sense of home, and you keep them for life. Yeah, I love that. And, and um, I think when I look at, i got to be careful, but I'm going to say what I'm thinking. Okay, go ahead. I see so many female entrepreneurs, business owners, coaches, speakers, trying to succeed in their masculine. And in some cases, that is not who they really are. And and for me, that's why it doesn't work. In the same way that if I tried to succeed by channeling more feminine i'm not saying that we don't have both energies we have both we have both yeah but if i was using that as my primary energy for success i would probably fail yes not my natural style um so what what i love about what you've said fabian and, and again wasn't the answer i was expecting which is what i always love about our discussions is that um really what i, what I hope this gives to anyone listening that resonates with the question I asked and the answer that was given is that it's it's okay for you to utilize your natural energy. Yeah. And in fact, by doing that, you're more likely to succeed than if you're trying to do it somebody else's way. It, it, can you uh, just imagine rowing upstream all freaking day long, every day, you will get tired and If that is how, talk about resentment, talk about um, uh, burning out because you're burning the candle at both ends. When you are rowing upstream at the end of the day, you're going to be tired. At the end of the week, you're going to be tired. At the end of the month, the year, 10 years, you're going to give up. So just lift the oars in the boat. Let yourself be guided by your natural energy. Yeah, sure. You can row upstream sometimes. We all have to have our hustle. But the more you are the fullest expression of who you already are anyway, I, well, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. You know this about me. The, the more the universe will conspire with you to bring you all of the abundance that has had your name on it the whole time. So let's stop fighting. Let's stop going against the grain. Let's celebrate who we really are unapologetically without concern about what the critics who are in the cheap seats are, are going to say about us. And let's just like, let's do our thing the way we're, we're meant to do it. We were born this way for a reason, whoever, you know, whoever we are, you, every single one of us has an imprint of, of how we're supposed to show up in the world. Just let, let that loose. Let's, let's do that. Be you. Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> um, what, what are some of the, the biggest barriers you've had to overcome i mean you've been in business 21 years you've been doing multi-seven figures for the last 13 straight um and i know it's not all been plain sailing it never is what are some of the 
biggest barriers you've had to overcome? And maybe we can come at this from two angles. Like, what are the biggest internal barriers you've had to overcome? What are some of the things that you've had to deal with personally, internally? And also, what have been some of the things externally that have um, that have halted your progress that you've had to deal with? I think internally, it, I mean, I'll say this, Nick, it's almost always a mindset issue. You know, I teach mindset. We have a mindset first methodology. I will never give somebody the how to do a funnel, how to raise your rates, how to do a group program, how to do anything without dealing with all the, the resistance and the mindset first, because I can give you the formula. You're not going to implement it until you have the belief and the expectation uh, and, and the sense that you deserve it and can do it. So mindset, mindset, mindset every time. For me, it's been um, in the beginning, it was like, I've got to work hard to make a lot of money. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm an immigrant, if you will, maybe not your typical immigrant, but I'm an immigrant. I've had to work hard to learn English and work hard to fit in that this work work ethic got in the way of being like, no, if I, if I want to make more than 50K a year, I need to work my tush off. And there, the, the internal shift had to be that I deserve, as we all do, I deserve to make twice as much working half the time. And so it was an internal shift that had to happen of instead of saying, well, that's okay for him. And of course she's doing that, but me, who, me? No, I've got to work hard. So that identity of um, having to give more than you receive was very strong for me. And it's strong for a lot of people. The imposter syndrome, I mean, just, you know, wanting to call yourself an expert, but then you're like, I, I you know, uh, you could throw stones at my glass house because, you know, I, I'm, I don't do everything perfectly. Uh, that was something for a few years. And just like, am I the kind of person who can lead a team of 25? Am I the kind of person that can charge 100000 a year and get it? Um, it's all the internal work, usually identity-based, believing in, in myself. Uh, and, and I'm not done. Like, I'm not sure if I've shared this with you, but um, I'm, you know, Bold Heart and the leverage program and everything is, is going to continue to run. And I'm in it. I'm doing the programs. But I'm starting a... a a personal growth and development, uh, Fabienne.com. It's not up yet. There's nothing there to be seen. Uh, but Fabienne.com is this uh, idea of being a life coach. I know it sounds crazy, but around the, the, the why are you settling in any area of your life? You can have it all, whatever all means to you. Um, uh, so where do you stop and why? And I imagine that to be an eight-figure business that requires very little of my time. But honestly, Nick, I've had to go inside and be like, who the hell do you think you are, Fabienne? Like, seriously? And don't you have it good enough? Why do you need more? And, but you're 50, Fabienne. Like, you don't start an eight-figure business at 50. And, and unraveling all of the internal stuff, who's going to want this? You know, I'm a business coach. What am I trying to do? All that ego-based like talk you out of it, self-doubt stuff uh, can feel very real. So what I'm trying to share is the internal stuff uh, at every new level of, of growth, you're going to experience a new devil. And you can say, but I've worked on this thing already. Why am I still working on it? Well, every new level, new devil. So that's the internal stuff. And then, you know, especially the um, especially around the money piece. And of course, you know, you, you talk about being a money magnet um, and maybe we can talk a, a little bit more about that in a moment. But um, I think you, know, you, you share that, you know, you're now um, 100,000 for one on one coaching or, or whatever it is. And there was a time where that would have been like totally out of your comfort zone. You, you would never have done that maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, but what's fascinating to me is for most people listening to this, that that is like crazy. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting or fascinating to me is that 
if it was 500,000 or a million to you, that would be crazy. Yes. Yeah. Right now. So like you said, there's, for me, there's levels and I believe, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I believe that everyone has a ceiling around their money mindset, everyone. And the game is just to gradually increase that ceiling. And there's, there's always going to be the next ceiling, no matter how much wealth you build, how big a business you create, um, how much you, you, know, you charge for your services or product, products or programs, there's still going to be that ceiling. And the name of the game is it's not to make the ceiling wrong, it's to accept that there's a ceiling, but the game is to consistently raise that bar. That's what I always say when it comes to the kind of money mindset piece. That's exactly right. Like, what is it? Tony charges a million a year? Yeah, and he's been, uh, Tony Robbins, this is, yeah. I guess, um, just for everybody else. I was like, what, Tony <laughs> Just your mate, Tony? I don't know. I'm so um, sorry. But, no, no, so what's interesting, though, um, so I don't know, honestly, what, what his fees are, but I remember him charging a million for one-on-one coaching 20 odd years ago when i was you know a teenager attending his events he would say it's a million dollars a year for one-on-one coaching so like i'm sure that's gone up and if it hasn't then i'd question why but look everyone's got a level why is it not 10 million because tony has a price on his head called a million everyone's got one so it's not about um making having that ceiling wrong it's about accepting and embracing it and, and nudging nudging the boundaries, I guess. And, um, and also not believing that everybody's going to pay for it. Like, yeah. I, I don't expect everybody. In fact, when I, when I sell that from the stage, I don't sell it for more than 10 seconds. I'll tell you exactly how I do it in case you, anybody who's listening wants to um, take it. It's like, we have this program growth and I'll take, you know, I'll spend a bunch of time talking about it. And we have leverage. I'll spend a bunch of time. And then, there is all access, Fabienne, you know, like red bat phone to me. And, uh, and it's expensive. And it's maybe only for two or three of you in this room. And you know who you are. Yeah. Go to the back and talk to my team. Literally 10 seconds. And then three people stand up and go to the back. Sure. You, don't, you, you, you don't need to sell certain programs to everybody. And that's where people... People make the mistake of thinking, oh, no, like, I can't do that. Yes, you can. There is always somebody who will pay you that amount. And the investment's relative to the result you're going to get. In your, I'm, look, I don't know, but my assumption would be that those that enroll in that program are already running businesses at a certain level, whereby just with a few shifts, you can yeah. be adding hundreds of thousands, millions. 10x, 10x. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you know what, if, if uh, somebody there, one time a woman said to me, uh, I have eight condos, I'm going to sell one uh, and and I'll, I'll work with you. And, you know, it was a big mistake on my part because she was like asking me how what her tagline should be, what her elevator speech should be. And I'm thinking you, you should not be spending this much money with me on that. You know, we need to be like 10 xing your already like 250,000, uh, 250K a year business. So I learned that I will not accept somebody who's not already making 250 or 500 at that level. It just doesn't, it makes no sense, even if they have the money. Yeah, I completely agree. Makes makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's been my personal experience as well. Um, what are some of the barriers that you've experienced or had to overcome externally, like as a female speaker as a female business coach, you know, I already said there's, um, I think a lot of female speakers and coaches that do not, they don't have the opportunity in some cases to achieve the success that you have. What are some of the barriers that you've had to overcome, not just your own mindset, but externally? Um, I think there's, you know, it's, it's always a question of team, uh, you know, getting the right people in place. Um, a question of discipline. I mean, just like all the regular stuff, you know, I'm in the trenches with everybody else. This is why I can, I can create structure for somebody's nature because I'm wired to start new things and not finish them like literally 95% of entrepreneurs. So the external stuff is the same for me as it is with everybody. Um, And 
in terms of, you know, I think in terms of you, you, as a woman, I think that I've had to prove myself uh, where many guys don't have to, you know, you'll see, I mean, you've seen this, you, you'll see a panel of dudes and I'm like, where's the woman? Like, just, you can't find one woman to put on there. I'm not angry about it. It's, uh, it's just like small thinking. Um, so where people just naturally assume that you don't have your stuff going on, you do just nobody's looking. So sometimes you have to go, hi, I'm, I'm here, or just ignore the whole thing and just say, I'm just going to create my own path. And one day you'll notice what I'm doing. And I'm over here, you know, uh, accumulating lovely clients. It, there's, there's, there's often for me been an, uh, a feeling of being continually underestimated. Um, and it's okay too. watch me. Yes. <laughs> That's all. It says more about the person doing the underestimating than it does about you sure. being underestimated. And, and I think, you know, from, from, from my part and, and you know, that, you know, I, I always, um, and more recently in particular have focused on how do we create, um, you know, how do we make sure that our stages, for example, at our events have female representation, knowing that more than half of our audience are female, well, then surely the speaker panel should reflect that. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate that about you, that uh, you're, you're sensitive to that and also just... I, I really appreciate some, some, some guys will say, well, I want to interview you, but I have nothing to learn from you. They don't say that, but that's their attitude. And uh, I, I don't see that from you at all. I just really celebrate that with you. Yeah. Th thank you. Thank you. And, and I think um, what I will say is it, it was, it had to be a conscious decision. It had to be because otherwise like, the, look, let's, just say it as it is the, the industry that we operate in, speaking, coaching, etc., is male dominated. Like there are more six male success stories than female. That is just the facts. Yeah. So it had to be a conscious, deliberate decision. Um, and one that, you know, that I um, really, I think probably the first thing you said, one of the first things you said right at the start is I just listened to what people were saying and I observed the industry. And there were so many times where I'd see these events and, you know, and I've noticed comments on the ad saying, like, it's just another line of the guys. And I'd, I'd, I'd see this and I'd feel it and I'd, I'd, I listened and heard it. Um, and then it became, like, pretty obvious that that's what people wanted, what people needed, and, you know, just, just felt like, like the right thing to do. So um, I want to talk about, last time we spoke at Expert Empires uh, Global, which was an interesting experience for both of us, given that... Um, it was a purely online event. And at the time of the event, you were locked down in Provence, I believe, yes. where there was like no internet or very <laughs> like, Nick, I'm so sorry. I have to cancel. I'm not doing this to your audience. Like, uh Oh, shaky internet. <laughs> but we found a way, right? This is yeah, exactly we what we've about before. Right? Look, the, the outcome is we've got an audience of people that want, that need to hear Fabienne's message. How do we make that happen? And, you know, you, you pre-recorded an amazing presentation about becoming a money magnet. And I know that the message resonated with our audience. The feedback was incredible, albeit it wasn't a live presentation. Um, I, I certainly want you to come and deliver a version of that live in person on stage. I think people love it even more. Um, what, what, tell me what it's about. Like what's, obviously I know because I've heard you speak about it, but for our audience that maybe weren't at our event, um, what's the, what are your, what's the principle of becoming a money magnet? And just give us a few, a few nuggets that people would take away to help them become more of a money magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes people hear that and, you're, and they're like, oh, geez, another law of attraction. I've seen the movie The Secret. We all have. This is not necessarily about that. This, it's, it's like a, a much more advanced version of that, supersized. So we'll start with wealth consciousness. Prosperity consciousness is not actually about wealth or money. I hope that our folks are listening, uh, are, are writing that down today. Wealth consciousness is not about money at all. You can be wealth conscious and not have a lot of money in the bank at the moment. Wealth consciousness is this belief, like deep inside, that money is available 
in any amount at all times, available to you at all times, that's one. And number two, that you deserve it. And so it is this feeling of safety around money because you know how to attract it at a moment's notice, knowing that the universe is kind of like an ATM. So when we start with wealth, like the whole building of wealth consciousness is understanding how the world actually works. The world is not linear. There is no space and time, even though I like I teach this and it's I don't really understand how it works. Right. I don't understand how electricity works exactly, but I can flip the switch. I, I know how to use electricity to my benefit, even though I don't know the exact complexity of, of how it works. So when you understand the quantum field, quantum mechanics, wave particles, potentiality, the fact that everything you put your focus on incessantly manifests itself into your life, proven by science, it's, you know, quantum mechanics. Um, if you understand that, if you also understand the universal principles and the spiritual principles of life, the law of cause and effect, the law of um, circulation, the law of um, uh, what's the the law of polarity. You understand all the universal laws, but not just intellectually, where you're like, I know that. Instead, you're like, okay, I'm going to study all these. This is what I teach to our folks. Uh, how do I bring that, how do I put that to use into my life? So how do I put quantum mechanics and the quantum field scientifically into my everyday life and the universal and spiritual principles? How do you, that, then it, it allows you to shape your day in a certain way that you are always receiving money or abundance or opportunities. Yeah. And I think the, um, as you were speaking, something came to mind, um, the first thing you said, which I'm paraphrasing, um, it was that wealth consciousness, you, you say it better than me, wealth consciousness is this. Yeah. Um, what was it? Say it again. It is knowing that money is always available to you. That's yeah. one. And number two, that you deserve that money. Thank you. The money is always available to you and that you deserve the money. I think for me, the distinction is, theoretically understanding that versus believing it completely is an unshakable belief in your being. Yeah. And that's the second part, right? So yes, I understand it theoretically. Somebody might be thinking, um, but do I really believe it? Like if it was ever really challenged, could I argue that point to be true without hesitation? And I think, where people get that's where people get tripped up it's like they understand the theory but do they truly believe it and for me that's been the switch you know over the course of my life and my career is like yeah i got this stuff theoretically uh, initially and then it's probably only really been the last maybe five six years where i feel like no no that's an unshakable belief that i've got and you couldn't challenge it yeah uh, so how do you how do you take it from fear? Well, this is the, right. So the 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 thing about money um, magnetism is it works in different levels. Once once you understand like the game of life and how to play it, that's one thing. But then the resistance will come up. That's for other people. I don't believe it. I don't expect it. Uh, money is bad. People, rich and successful people, are sleazy. Uh, you can't be spiritual and wealthy, um, uh, just poverty, just like poverty consciousness, identity, self-image, all the resistance that will come up on a mindset level, right? So you've got how the world works and how what your mindset is. And basically, uh, it's really about undoing, unraveling the resistance, like looking at all your money beliefs, but not like... You know, some people are just looking at their money beliefs. Like you go to town on your money beliefs. You, you, if you understand that every belief that you have is, is a thought that has either been fed to you or one that you've witnessed or experienced or picked up somewhere under the age of seven with repetition, 
it, you, you understand that you can actually turn it around on a subconscious level. People also understand this uh, intellectually if they've heard this, but then they don't have a, a, a safe place to do the work um, in community with, with a strong mentor who can be like, so here's what you're not seeing. That thing that happened with your mom or when your parents fought and you were standing at the top of the stairs every Friday night when they fought about money, that we, that's what we have to unravel. Or, or when, and when we do that work, the resistance lifts. And you start going from fear around money to faith around money. When the identity shifts, the behavior shifts. And that's when you, instead of procrastinating on all the stuff you know you need to do for your work, or when an opportunity shows up and you say no, based on the self-image of, I'm not going to say yes to that. When all that shifts, that's when, as Napoleon uh, Hill says, in Think and Grow Rich, riches begin to come and in such great abundance that one wonders where they have been hiding during all those lean years. what, what were some of the beliefs that you had to shift from, that maybe you picked up from under the age of seven? Uh, my father, who's 89, grew up in France. And so he's the child of war. So everything was about rationing. Everything was like, don't spend more than you have to. Uh, you know, we're not rich people. Uh, he would always say to me, like, how much did you spend for that? Always buying the generic things, uh, making sure not to spend too much because the money might run out. I had, I also had beliefs around um, you can't be spiritual and uh, wealthy. Uh, you, you know, just and everything from like you'll pay too many taxes. I mean, rich and successful people are sleazy, inauthentic thieves that step on other people to get money. That you can't be real and integrous and loving if you have money. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating and i think again the, the reason i asked the question actually is because i want everyone listening to hear that we all have those like we all have certain beliefs that that we picked up you know early in our lives and let's not make that wrong let's just accept that that's the case but then of course once we're aware of those we can do some work on them so like my, mine i've shared this a lot at my events my number one uh belief around money that I was raised with and there were very good things that happened as a result of this but also not so good were uh, the number one was and it was like a mantra in our family money is for spending and there's plenty more where that came from Mm. that's that's in some ways good belief right because it's an abundance mentality the downside was I was always very good at making money and hopeless at holding on to it so i was always in feast and famine and it was only when i really attacked that belief and you know our family would wear it like a badge of honor and we would laugh about it and joke about it and I, one day i just realized i went this has served me up to this point but it's also held me back and stopped me from building true wealth um which is when i started attacking that belief and unpacking it and going okay it served me to this point but it's not going to serve me going forward now let's challenge it and 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 take on a different yeah. so um look i could talk about all of this stuff money magnet stuff with you all day fascinates me um i want to talk really quickly before we wrap up and i want to be um uh, respectful of your time you've got a a relatively new book out called the leveraged business um give me in 30 30 to 60 seconds what does the term leveraged business mean to you uh if you are overwhelmed at six figures and you can't see yourself, uh, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like you're working too much for too little. You can get to seven figures with your life back with 16 weeks of vacation if you leverage a team, if you leverage your time, if you leverage systems, if you leverage a business model, if you leverage your marketing, get your team to leverage accountability, leverage a second in command so you have your lifestyle, leverage your differentiation. What it really means is taking what you've got and tweaking it so that it does all the work for you and you see all the benefits. Not in a bad way, but like, for example, leverage your time. Uh, You don't need to focus on the 80% that's not 
getting results, just the 20% that is. Uh, that's every chapter of Leverage Your Business is a different thing that you leverage, team, time, systems, business model, marketing, et cetera. Um, I poured my heart into this over the last eight to 10 years. It's been uh, in the making for eight to 10 years. It's very good. <laughs> I am 100% going to go grab a copy myself because I want to read it. Um, I'd love it if it's on audio. Please tell me it's on audio. Soon, soon enough. Yeah. Amazing. When it's on audio, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to listen to it. Um, mostly because I could also just listen to your voice all day. Oh, thank um, you. That's nice of you. Uh, but those that are listening, um, if that, that message resonates with you, you want to learn how to leverage a team, your time, systems, etc., so that you can build your business to seven figures and get your life back, then, um, yeah, the place to go to get a copy is theleveragedbusinessbook.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Theleveragedbusinessbook.com. Listen, you can go buy it on Amazon or you can get it at that website and get additional training uh, in the form of videos and get a cheat sheet and get an assessment and, and, and. So, um, hey, listen, you could pay retail or get all the, the really good stuff. <laughs> so, so get over to the leveragedbusinessbook.com we'll put the link in the show notes for the podcast as well so people can go grab it um, I highly recommend you do I certainly will be getting a copy and fingers crossed when it comes out on audio I'll definitely be listening yes um, I'll let you know so so Fabian thank you so so much for your time today I really appreciate it um, I know that you've you've given lots of time to me over the, the last few years that we've known each other speaking at our events um, even when you were speaking at our first event, I remember you were just around the event for the whole couple of days, which I really appreciated. Um, you know, I'll say this, there are speakers who fly in, do their thing and fly out. I have no problem with that, but there are some speakers that really give their time, their energy, their soul to our events. And, and you did that. And I really appreciated it. I can't say um how highly i think of you and what you've achieved but also who you are and how you do things so thank you so much for being part of the uh expert empires world and in particular the empire builders podcast today and i'm excited to see you on stage live in a room at one of our expert empires events very soon can't wait for those big hugs <laughs> it's gonna be great thanks for everything Nick. thanks fabian Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.